a little secret among the ultra community too. When people run 100 miles or run 200 miles, they're not actually running the entire time. Diz Runs Radio episode 950 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is Brought to you by the uh, the old consult calls, which means that I'm the sponsor for today's episode, which is fine. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy about coaching is is obviously helping people and obviously working with folks on an ongoing basis. Like that's awesome because there's lots of opportunities to help and work through issues and troubleshoot and ride the high waves and help get out through the through the the valleys a little bit. Um, but I also really enjoy the consults. I really enjoy having those calls pop up where you know you need something. And you're struggling with something, you're not sure how to handle something, boom, you schedule a call, we jump on the phone for 20 or 30 minutes, whatever it takes to kind of work through it a little bit, hopefully give you some clarity, some direction, um, and and I don't know what it is about me being, you know, wanting to be kind of a bit of, or, you know, striving to be a bit of a problem solver once in a while, but uh, the consult calls are really, really something that I enjoy doing. So if you think that might be something that would help you, something that you could benefit from, uh, you know, hopefully not. Hopefully things are, are hunky dory and smooth sailing and everything's, everything's good in the hood right now. But if slash when you run into a little obstacle, whether it's injury related, not sure how to get some motivation going. Maybe it's a little bit of a struggle with, uh, you know, with, with figuring out how to plan for, for an upcoming race, whatever it is, we can, we can cover a lot of bases in 20 or 30 minutes. So get it scheduled. Disruns.com slash consultation is the link. All the info's right there. If you have any issues or questions, let me know. Um, but, uh, you know, if I can help you, I would love to. And, you know, there's no ongoing situation with the calls, although you can make them ongoing. I've had a few folks that kind of schedule a call for, you know, for a period for every, you know, every three, three weeks, four weeks, something like that. That's an option too. So whatever, whatever works for you, whatever you think would help you most, uh, if I can play a part in it, I would be happy to do so. And the consult calls are one of those, one of those options available, disruns.com slash consultation. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, I'm honestly not even sure where to uh, begin when it comes with uh, properly introducing today's guest because, uh, you know, on the running front, which obviously we'll, we'll spend some time talking about, um, he's an active streaker, but not the normal run streaker that we've, well, maybe not normal, but not the run streaker like we've talked about before. He's a streaker for a handful of races where he's, you know, run the same race year after year after year after year, uh, which is kind of a cool thing and, and obviously something we'll talk about. Uh, he's also a Marine, which ties in probably a little bit into one of the races that he's a streaker at. Um, he's a dad with two young kids and, uh, maybe something we'll certainly get into. Uh, he's also a widower, uh, lost his wife a, a handful of years ago to, uh, lung cancer, um, which is obviously a part of, of his story and, uh, part of, you know, one of those things that none of us probably like to think about or talk about or, or, uh, envision the possibility of happening. But in, anyway, safe to say we've got more than uh, enough for probably at least a couple of episodes. So let's just get this party started and see where we end up today with Mr. Phil Pinty. Phil Pinty. Goodness gracious. I said before we got started, it's easy to say, and then I screwed it all up. Phil, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Denny. I'm uh, extremely honored to be here. 
uh, looking looking forward to it. And uh, um, guys, if you want to kind of follow along with Phil, the things he's got going on, which there's there's no shortage of, both running and otherwise, uh, on Instagram is a great place to find him and connect with him there. And his handle is at Macho Man Runneth with underscores between the words. So at Macho underscore Man underscore Runneth R U N N E T H. Um, Lots of good stuff there. You can you, you look at one or two pictures. You'll see why uh, the Macho Man handle is is appropriate, um, which may or may not be something we talk about today. Who knows where we'll go? But uh, disruns.com slash 950 is the link back to the show notes for today. Uh, photos, links, the whole nine as per usual. Disruns.com slash 950. So, uh, Phil, the way we always start off uh, each episode of the show um, is, is with one simple question. And I say simple in that it's a simple question to ask. For some folks, and I kind of feel like maybe you're in this category, uh, it can be a little bit difficult to answer because there's a lot of good choices out there, a lot of lot of different race distances, and I know you've run a bunch of a bunch of distances as well, um, and all of them are good answers. But it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? I knew, I knew this question was coming. I've listened to a few episodes, and I'm just going to give you a straight out answer: fifty miles is my favorite distance to run. All right. Well, well, why? You can give me a number. That's fine. But, but why? Let's let's unpack a little bit. Well, no. Some people some people say the distance, and there's all these caveats. I wanted to just get it out there. It's 50 <laughs> miles, and now time for the caveats. All right. No. So the 50k for me, and I think a lot of other runners, I I feel like I'm a fan of the 50k, but I feel like just as I'm starting to like scratch the surface, and just as like my legs are starting to give me pangs of of these feels and whatever, it's like the race is over. And I'm like, man, I was just like starting. I was just right there. And then it's over. And then the 100 miler, I don't have an awful lot of experience, but I do have one under my belt. And um, with all kidding aside, well, not kidding aside, um, 100 milers suck. For, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, you know what you're getting into, you try your darndest to get the miles in and get time on your legs and all of those things. And you try to hone down on your nutrition and everything like that. I say they suck, but really the 100 miler was probably one of the greatest experiences of my, of my life in all seriousness. Um, I just think for a vast majority of runners, folks who are just starting out, folks who are new to trail and ultra, you know, don't go putting that on your bucket list in the next year or two. Uh, you know, it definitely takes a lot of time and effort, time away from the family and all those things, but just down and dirty 50 miles is just that golden ratio for me, that, that porridge, perfect porridge distance, mm-hmm. uh, where you can just really challenge yourself. Uh, you're getting to like mile 39 and you're really hoping things end soon, but you still got another 10 <laughs> miles. So 50 miles is where it's at. Gotcha. It, it, it never fails talking to uh, an ultra runner when they say, yeah, 50 K like it's, it's, it's okay. But like, it's just, it's over too quickly. Like, you know, you're <laughs> talking to a real ultra runner when 50 K is, uh, is, is too short of a distance to really get into it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't dipped my toes yet into the 50 mile range. It's, it's starting to become something that, uh, I guess I'm, I'm thawing out about, I'm warming up to the idea. It's, it's probably, I, I can probably confidently say it's a matter of when and not if at this point, but, but when, when down the road, it's still a little bit like no, no, uh, immediate plans, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm up to that. Cha- I'm up to thinking about that challenge at this point, but, uh, you got it, man. Yeah. I, I you know, it's one of those, I know I could do it. It's just, I don't know that yeah. I want to do it just yet. Just, but, just but we'll do see. it. Just we'll get see. it over with. Rip the bandaid off. Right. Is that's what I just need to do? <laughs> um, how'd you get started in running Phil? Is it, I, I know, like we mentioned in the intro, uh, Marine, Marine Corps background. Thank you for, for your service there. Um, were you a runner before the Marines, after the Marines kind of, how'd you, how'd you dip your toe into the sport? 
Um, all through growing up, um, like many other folks you've sp- spoken to, I, I, I played sports in high school. I played sports in college, uh, football, wrestling, rugby, running, running is really the foundation of, of those sports. You know, if the, the coach wants to whip you into shape, you run some Hills or you run around the community and stuff like that. So I, I've always been, I've always dabbled in running, um, Marine Corps, obviously there's, there's physical standards that you have to meet, like just to get to boot camp and stuff. So I really had to kick up, like, you know, I don't even think at that point I ever ran, I, I think the requirement was like a three mile run. And I think before that enlisting in 2002, I don't even think I ever did a, a three mile run up until that point. Um, was in the Marines, uh, outside of life personally, you know, you do the neighborhood 5k or 10k or whatever. Um, where running really took off for me is uh, up in Hershey, Pennsylvania. There's a race they were doing, the Hershey Half Marathon, which they would do every fall. Unfortunately, they've, they've discontinued that race. Uh, but my family and I, we would make that like an annual tradition, go up to Hershey, stay in a hotel. Um, they'd give you like two park tickets with every race registration, which I thought was a pretty cool deal. Um, make, make a weekend of it, stay at Fenici's Italian restaurant, best Italian in town. And... Uh, so that's, that's where it started for me. And it was really great because my wife and I would actually, my wife was active. She was physical. She, uh, she ran races as well. So that was kind of something fun for us to do, you know, meet up with the grandparents, the in-laws, have them watch the kiddos. And then, then Jen and I could run around Hershey together and enjoy the weekend as a family. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's where it got started. Then when did you, uh, you know, Big, big jump, obviously, at some point along the way from, you know, starting out with that, which, you know, happens to the best of us, right? We start somewhere small. We, we build up as we go. Okay, I wonder if I can do a marathon. I wonder if I can do a 50K. Uh, when did you start climbing the ladder to the longer distances? Okay, so uh, the Hershey half ran from 2010 to 2019. And I just I just throw that out there to give you give you all a frame of mind. So that was like practically a decade ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, unfortunately, in uh, 2016, uh, my wife was 33 years of age at that point. My daughter was four and my son was two. And it was, it was shortly at the, it was the beginning of the, of the year, shortly after the holidays. And she just started uh, experiencing some hip pain and she went to her general doctor and, you know, started out just doing physical therapy, going for dry needling, um, doing yoga, just, just trying to work it out. You know, after having two kids, there's a, a slew of, of things those pains could have been. And, um, unfortunately on June 1st of that year, 2016, uh, we received extremely horribly devastating news. Uh, you know, you never want to hear someone has metastatic bone disease or there's, Mm -hmm. there's cancer in somebody's bone. And, um, we, we got the news that she had stage four lung cancer. She was never a smoker or anything like that. And, um, we only had post-diagnosis from June 1st, we only had six months together as a family to try to, uh, you know, we weren't even thinking end of life type of thing. We couldn't even wrap our head around that, but also just being such a young family, 33 years of age, you know, this is not something you're supposed to be dealing with at that point. Um, to, to get to your, to get to your answer, uh, February, 2017. So my wife passed in December, 2016, Mm. two months after Jen passed, um, the local, the local running club, Bullseye Running, here out of uh, Central Maryland, they were putting on their annual Mid Maryland 50k, and uh, I just I, I needed something. We all run for for different reasons, right? And I was running up until that point, and and that was really the first event 
the first race or anything that was kind of I don't want to say me coming out of my shell, but I'll, I'll admit it. It was it was kind of a selfish call, a, a selfish thing. And I just I needed some time on my feet. I needed some time out in nature and just to get out there and get running again. So uh, my first my first ultra was the mid Maryland 50K in 2017. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Like, you know, like I said in the intro, obviously it's, it, you know, cancer and, and those types of things are bad enough when, you know, when it happens to, to, you know, when it happens to somebody in their 60s, 70s, like, you know, a little bit later in, in the, in the time frame, and, and maybe you have a longer lead up to kind of prepare for things, but obviously coming, coming out of nowhere, uh, for, for you guys and, and then the, the runway being so short on the other end of it. Um, I have to imagine that running is, was and probably still is a big part of that kind of grieving process and, and just kind of helping you work through all the emotions and the stress and what are we going to do? And I've got two young kids and like, I mean, that had to be a big part of it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I I never, Denny, I I never would have imagined that this is, this would be my, my podium or my soapbox or like this would be the drum that I would be beating. But, um, you know, work, work is hard. Running is hard and, and life is hard. And many times throughout life, like we don't get to decide what's going to be handed our way or anything. And, you know, what running has just taught me is you, it's going to be hard. The journey is going to be hard, but what you decide to do with that is completely up to you. And, um, it was just so heartbreaking. Like, I'm sure there's many of your listeners who are dealing with many, many things. And I've spoken to runners who have battled alcoholism or drugs or depression or anxiety or, you know, after the year, year and a half, two years that we've all experienced social anxiety, isolation, all these things. And, um, I don't know exactly why, you know, why I got so wholeheartedly into running. I just know that like at the end of a run, when you, when you get that feeling of accomplishment and all that hard work has paid off to something, you know, there's some people that don't have an option. They don't get to choose where their finish line is or how their story ends. And, um, I feel like my wife, like when you meet somebody and you're building a family together and stuff, like you see so many like wonderful sides of them and like what they're, what they're made of. And, uh, those last six months with Jen, like that was an energy, that was a passion to live. That was a, the, the, the relationship that she had with my children and with me, it was, it was just to keep fighting and keep moving forward no matter what, like no matter what obstacle is thrown in your way. You just got to keep going. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. And that's, and certainly, um, you know, like you said earlier, we all have our, our reasons for, for running and, and whatever they are, I think that, that kind of what I heard from what you see, you know, you get to that finish line and there's the accomplishment, there's the, the, like, like I did it, like, you know, all the, the feelings that we get at the finish line. I think no matter what your reason is, it all kind of comes like, that's where it all comes together, right? Like when we get to the finish line, we get that sense of accomplishment that maybe sometimes that sense of what's next, or I can't wait to, to do this again, um, kind of helps, helps keep us going. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, like, like I'm, I'm sitting here, um, I think we're about the same, about the same age and, and, um, you know, I've got, I've got a daughter that's, that's uh, six going on seven and it's just like, man, I can't even think about doing this on my own and you got, you got two of them and, and have been doing it on your own already for, for a few years. Um, you know, cu- curious, maybe, maybe not quite the right way of saying it, but like, um, obviously 
you know, like, like your kids are, are important, like, you know, beyond important to you, um, running important to you. Um, you know, kind of, we, we, we all get those, those quite, I think, I feel like as runners, we all get the questions sometimes like, how do you find time to do it all? Um, like you said, life is hard, work is hard, family's hard. Like, like there's running is hard. Um, but, but how does, how do you kind of find that balance for you being a, being a single dad, having some young kids, enjoying to do these long races, traveling sometimes for races, which we'll get into, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you kind of make it, make it work for you? Not that what works for you has to work for everybody, but maybe it kind of helps some people to kind of make things work better for them by hearing what works for you. I, I will absolutely answer that question. Um, first and foremost, and I'm not, I say this from the bottom of my heart. Um, all of your listeners out there that are, that are single, that are single parents, that are working parents that find time in their days to go out and get the, get that run in, even if it's only a 5k, you know, we all have busy, extremely Mm -hmm. busy schedules and being a single parent, it doesn't matter what ultra, what run I've done. Being a single parent is the, is the hardest thing I've ever done hands down Mm -hmm. because you, you only have a short amount of time. Like when you actually divvy up the amount of time that you spend with your children throughout the course of the day, I mean, what are we actually spending with our kids? Maybe three hours, most two hours, you know, we get them off. I I get my kids up and off to school breakfast, morning giggles and cuddles Mm -hmm. and all those things. Yeah. The macho man does that too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But you know, I, I spend half an hour, hour with them in the morning, getting them up off to school. And then, um, they actually through through COVID and everything like that, they've been going to the local Y, the YMCA mm-hmm. has been doing this like academic facilitation, which is amazing. Like there is no way I'd be able to do all of this without them. And because um, the entire school year here in Maryland has just been virtual. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So so being a single dad, I can't I have to work or I have to stay home. I can't do both. And so they've just been going to the Y and they've got like morning care and aftercare. It, it, it breaks my heart. I don't keep them in there for the entire the entire day, Mm -hmm. but I'm a single guy and I have to work eight hours every day. Right. Right. So they go in there in the mornings there, they spend the day there. The thing I love about the YMCA and any, any parents or anything, I know we're kind of hopefully at the back end of this whole lockdown thing. But the thing about the why is like, even when they quote unquote have downtime, they're not on their computers. Mm. They're playing games with each other. They're shooting basketballs. They're rock climbing. They're doing all this crazy stuff that I didn't, I didn't have when I was Mm -hmm. a kid. Um, but what I would say to answer your question is just, yeah, I'm, I'm one, I'm one guy. There's only so much stuff I can do. Um, my, my kiddos are at the age now, eight and six, where they realize how much running means to me. And I know that so many other of your listeners can attest to this, but we may think that like, or, or maybe other people think that what we're doing is kind of a selfish thing that running is this singular thing mm. that it's just like, Oh, they're just doing it for themselves or whatever. I don't believe that at all. And I believe that we all have things that make us happy or make our journeys a little bit more smooth. And if you can do those things and you're not hurting yourself or you're not hurting other people or you're not breaking any laws, um, you need to keep doing those things. So when I am able to get out for a run, even if it's like the kids are in care another half an hour or hour, I know that when I pick them up and I'm sweaty and I'm smelly and I'm gross, I smell like a goat. My, my daughter tells me I smell like a goat a lot, um, <laughs> that I can be a better Phil and I can be a right. better dad. When I, when I check those boxes, because as your single, single parents know, or any parent for that matter, when you're packing lunches and it's time for dinner and it's 
when you, when you have two parents, you can kind of divide and conquer. You know, if one parent's having a little bit of a rough day or has been at home with the kids all day, the other parent, the other spouse comes home. Hey, man, I got this. You go out for a right. run. You go in the garage, work on the car, like whatever floats your boat. You do those things. I got this. Us as single parents, like self-care, you hear this all the time with grief or loss or whatever, like self-care is primary. Mm -hmm. And you got to put your mask on first before you help other people. And, uh, you know, if I'm an advocate of anything, it's it's that first and foremost, that that is not a selfish thing. It's a very important thing. If you can take care of yourself, then you can take care of your family. So. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I, I feel like that's one of those, it, it, you, I, I heard somebody say one time that the, that the phrase, you know, easier said than done is, is a ridiculous phrase because literally everything is easier said than done. But, <laughs> but I, I feel like that's one of those things that, that, you know, it's easy for me to say about anything. Right. But like, you know, and certainly when it comes to, to being a dad, being a, being a husband, like, like, yeah, I got to take care of myself so that I can be the best I can be for, for my family, for, for work, for, for all the things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot easier at least again for me to tell other people that and then sometimes forget about it a little bit or or we we all remember that feeling when we were younger you know elementary school maybe junior high but you you had a book report due right on like lord of the flies i'm going off on a total (laughs) tangent i apologize but you have that book report due and then it's sunday afternoon at like four or five o'clock and you're like oh crap i should probably start reading the book book report yeah (laughs) that's a that's a feeling as like a single parent or a parent that I live in like constantly, Mm. right? There's just this laundry list of book reports that need to get done. And for whatever reason it is, maybe it's getting out there, getting the blood flowing, getting the heart pumping, getting the lungs breathing, like that. And, and, and and there's many a times where like, maybe there's something pressing that like the kids and I have dentist appointments or whatever, like obviously that's going to come first and foremost over going, getting out there, going for a run. But, you know, any any person or whatever that says there's just not not enough time in the day or whatever, I don't mean to go all Jocko on you or, or <laughs> David Goggins or anything, but that that's an excuse. Right. Because if, if a guy like me or other folks can get out there and find time to run or take care of themselves or whatever, like anybody, anybody should be able to, you know, right. it's just about like what your priorities are. And, you know, maybe somebody may tell me, well, I, I choose to spend more time with my kids or whatever. Like I find that if I check that box first, the time that I'm with my kids, I'm like actually with my kids. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about, oh, I could be at the gym or I could be out for a run and stuff like that. So anyway, I think I've nailed that. Yeah. Sort of no, that home. no. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and again, like, a, like you said, I think it all comes down to priorities and, and, and just making sure you're not putting yourself last because when yeah. you do that, then everything else is going to, is going to suffer as well. So sh- well, yeah. sh- shifting gears a little bit, getting, getting back to, to hopefully some more, uh, more fun stuff, maybe a little bit. Talk about some some running and some races, and specifically some race streaks. So, um, if I've got uh, got the the uh, information correct, and and if I have it wrong, it's your fault because you sent it over to me. <laughs> um, but you're you're a, an active race streaker in the Marine Corps Marathon, the mid mid Maryland 50K, uh, the Hershey Half, which you mentioned is no longer running, but at least you know ten years straight. And, uh, and I have that, I have all ten of those medals. They're all like Hershey Kisses and Twizzlers and anything like that. So if anybody would like all of those medals, hit me up on eBay. Uh, it's ten it's ten thousand dollars for the set, a thousand a year. There you go. No, Absolutely. I will never sell them. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, Desert Rats, which we're going to talk a little bit more about Desert Rats. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's certainly more in depth. But um, I, I know for some folks, I guess where I'm trying to go with with this question and and. and for the record with these streaks, like it's not like you've been doing them for a couple of years, like Marine Corps, seven years, mid marathon, five year streak, um, which started again to, to just connect the dots for folks the, the 
couple months after Jen passed is when you ran that first one and have been running every year since then. Um, Hershey for 10 years, uh, Desert Rats three years in a row. So I guess that's the, or will be three coming up this year, but that's, that's the shortest streak. But um, I know for some folks, there's, there's kind of a, I don't know, uh, maybe not a feeling, but you know, a preference, I guess, to always run new races, to not keep running the same races over and over again, explore, try some different things, maybe travel to different places, whatever, and what have you. Um, these races that you've been running multiple years in a row, um, I don't know whether you want to talk about any one specific or just kind of in general, what, what, what motivates you to keep the streak alive at Marine Corps, to keep a streak alive at the mid Maryland 50 K? Like, like what is the, the race streak? Like, wh- why is that your thing? Not that there's anything wrong with it, of course, but why, why is, why do you kind of tend to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you've had on a wide variety, you know, you have people that, that you've had, you've had a lot of streakers on. So congratulations mm-hmm. for corralling all the streakers. No, um, <laughs> No, I, I think where that started, obviously, was the Hershey and uh, the Hershey half. Uh, but it just gets to the thing where, like, you run it once or twice and you have a really, really great time. And, and maybe you invite, you know, the Hershey was, I'd invite my sister and people would come from New York and Pennsylvania and whatever. And it was like, it, it became this, like, you know, Chris and I have spoken about this before. I, I apologize to go on another tangent, but it almost becomes more than just the race itself. Mm-hmm. It becomes a ritual, it becomes a tradition. Uh, you know, why do we celebrate holidays? Why are these moments in our life important? And, uh, you know, if the Hershey would have kept putting it on, I would have kept coming back. And like Marine Corps, I, I think on a personal level, like why do we keep doing these things? It just is like a personal challenge where once you start putting those chicks those checks you know you start crossing off and making Mm -hmm. five and making five and making five like you just you just say to yourself like how how long can i do this how long can i maintain this you know but but for me you know drawing the parallels between hershey and marine corps and now desert rats um chris and i and paul and a bunch of other guys ran that desert rats race that first year and it's that it's that fleeting moment that you feel at the end of a race like such euphoria of man, that was freaking awesome. And then as mm-hmm. soon as you got it, it just starts dissipating and you, you just want it back. So like, as soon as we did that first year, we all said to ourselves, we're coming back here again next year. So for me, it's, and I, you and I were speaking, I'm sorry to go be so mm-hmm. long, but we were speaking before the cast that I'm a firm believer that we within ourselves are a community of people. Mm-hmm. And you say to yourself, yeah, you run a race and it's just not your race. You say, man, I suck. Like I didn't put enough time in. I, I, my nutrition wasn't right. It was raining. I suck. That sucked. It mm-hmm. sucked. Right. That's not true. Like you're a community of people. So if you keep going back to that race, I mean, there's, there's been Marine Corps that were ups, were downs, were in betweens, but you know what? My collective thought process of the Marine Corps marathon is this evolving community of things and people and thoughts and memories. So I just like to see where the journey takes me, you know, mm-hmm. where, what can I experience? Who can I run into? It, it's not so much about time or pace or anything like that. It's more just about like experiences. So, yeah. 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 Well, and, and speaking of, um, you know, who you might run into and, and worlds, you know, kind of colliding or, or that, that commu- maybe not the community so much, but, um, 2019, which was, uh, a rainy, Marine Corps to say, to say the least, people have probably heard us talk about, heard me, heard me talk about that. Cause that was, I uh, was fortunate enough to get to go run uh, Marine Corps for the first time that year. And we had sort of tried to line something up, whether it was a, a proper interview or just kind of hanging out for a little bit. Cause Chris was there and that was kind of the connection. Uh, it didn't work yeah. out for, for a few reasons, but I don't, yeah, I'm sure you don't remember. 
Um, but I actually saw you on the course that day. Um, and I, I, you'll know probably where about, because you know, the course a whole lot better than I do. Cause I've literally run it once. You've run it a bunch of times, but we were back in, in Virginia after, you know, after running through DC and kind of getting towards the end and you ran the 50 K because that was the first year of the 50 K. So you guys had a little bit of a head start, but you also had more distance to cover. And, uh, one of those little spots where you, know, there's that little kind of out and back and, and people are running back by, you got, you got runners running in both directions. And I just happened to look to my left and there's this, this dude with a, the big black beard and a red, white, and blue cowboy hat on. And I was just like, there's macho man. Like, and I even like yelled out like macho. And I think you kind of like waved, but like, of course you didn't, weren't looking for me or anything. Um, but anyway, all that to say, um, it, it is great to get back into, into that kind of community at races. The big races is a little bit tougher because of, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Um, but, but I'm, kind of leading into, I guess, desert rats and just the smaller races in general, you know, whether it's the, the smaller local races, um, maybe some of these, these, you know, newer races that haven't, you know, developed a thousands and thousands of people following yet. Um, and the relationships that you can make when you, when you're there multiple years. So, um, tell us a little bit more about desert rats. I know Chris talked about it last time he was on the show, which was, I don't know how long ago, a year and a half, two years ago, something like that. So probably not fresh in people's minds. Um, but tell us about the, the Desert Rats form, format, kind of how it how it works, and how you how you you and Chris kind of got involved in the first race, the first the first year, a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Chris, Chris and I could go on forever about this this race. We just have so much love and passion for it. Um, for me, it was uh, uh, once again a very personal thing. But I wanted to try to find. I went like full Goggins, mm. and <laughs> I went on Ultra Sign Up, and I was just looking for a race that I could actually get to that was, you know, within the continental United States or that was actually feasible to, for, to get there, but to also in my mind to complete it. And, and ultimately what De- desert rats is, is a, uh, roughly 150 mile foot race from Fruta, Colorado to Moab, Utah. So you're running a huge amount of distance, at least for me and for most runners, you're running across state lines from Colorado to Utah. And then also when you're coming into Moab, the sites, I mean, the sites all throughout this thing are unbelievable. But after this like epic, you know, Joseph Campbell journey into the unknown and you're, you're, you're not only seeing these amazing things, but you're, you're feeling things, your things are coming up out of you. You don't know where they're coming from and stuff like this. And you go into it and you think it's going to be this like single thing, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know anybody, you know, I'm not going with anyone else or anything like that. And, and I just happened to meet Chris Ward, this, this Chris Ward guy. And I meet Paul and I meet Thomas Mullins and I meet all these amazingly awesome folks. And what we've, what we've learned in the aftermath is we all go in there with our own reasons to partake in this epic journey. And with no other, with no other uh, outlet or whatever, like you all just become this collective force and you're all like vying for each other and helping each other out. And, and you're showing yourself, you're showing others compassion and empathy and all these things, but you're like showing yourself, you're like, holy crap. Like I'm, I'm actually a decent person. Like, you know, you know, when, when the shit's hitting the fan, so to speak, when, when things are getting tough, like, you know, Paul speaks of another racer. He was going through this place they call the Rose Garden, which is not, in fact, the Rose Garden. It's the most <laughs> gnarly, desolate place of the whole race. And he was completely out of water. 
and another runner just gave him his water bottle like without thought and paul's like i can't take this like this is all you've got and he's like the dude said to him like you need it more than i do Mm -hmm. and just that simple act it seems so ridiculous but when you're tens of 20 of miles out in the backwoods of moab and and utah and stuff and somebody does something like that like i mean it comes down to like survival you know and it's just a really amazing thing Chris, Paul, and I did it in 2018, and then we came back in 2019. Last year, it didn't kick off because of COVID and everything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, this year, if I may drop it, Chris gave me permission or whatever, but <laughs> Chris and Paul are actually in the process, pre-production right now, to put together a documentary of this Desert Rats race to encapsulate exactly what happens. And I, I thought to myself, if these two are going back out to kind of complete the trilogy, you know, they didn't ask me or anything. They probably don't want me to come up. <laughs> uh, but I thought if they're going back out for a third race, uh, I'm going to close up the trilogy and finish up part three. So I'm, I'm going to head back out there this year again. So it's just it's it's a really great thing. I, I, I encourage people to look into it. it. Is It is on ultra sign up. It seems like a daunting, crazy undertaking. But I, I, what my tagline is if, if you can run a 50K, and still have more fuel in the tank. If you say to yourself, I want more, uh, you can do it. It's, it's, it's much more of a mental game than a physical game, as long as you take care of yourself. So, yeah. <laughs> Again, to, there's no, there's no logic like runner logic. And then there's a special brand of runner logic, which is, which is ultra runner logic. Um, yeah. and so, you know, to, to say that if you can run a 50 K and feel like you still got a little bit left in the tank, which, which, okay. Like I can, I can wrap my head around that. And then if you're like, well, then maybe you, then you can, then you can run a 50 miler. Like, okay, that's a, that's a logical progression. Um, this is a 150 mile race, but I guess maybe what, if people don't know any better, like 50 K to 150 miles, like that's that you need a little bit more than just a little bit left in the tank, but this isn't a one shot race, right? This is a multi-day situation. How does that all work out? Like the, the, the Coca Dona 250, like just happened right now, right? Like this, this isn't a race like that. Like sure. We're covering an insane amount of mileage over a course of days, the Coca donor, or when you hear of like these Bigfoot two hundreds or these mm-hmm. 200 mile races, they start the clock and the clock is running, right? So you've got your crew, you might take a, a, a nap in a shrub for two hours along the trail and stuff like that. Desert rats is different in regards to like, it's a set stage race. So every day you have a specific amount of miles that you need to cover. And then at night it's, it's a party in a sense that like, Desert Rat staff and crew are, they set up tents for you. You don't have to bring any of the tents. They provide all the tents. They, they have these gourmet cooks come in. Like I'm eating like fish tacos with, with slaw out in the middle of the <laughs> desert. And I'm like, this is amazing. Right. And they just keep making food and you're like, I can keep eating. And they're like, you're, you're running, aren't you? And I'm like, you know, it's just this tribal community where, and, and where I say with a 50 K is there were people, I'm not, I'm not making this up men and women you can look at ultra sign up there are men and women who've completed this race that had never i i don't recommend this okay caveat <laughs> this isn't I the ideal way to do it this. but it's possible good stomp <laughs> <laughs> there are people who've done this race i've been on the trail with people who have never done it ultra up until that point never ever ever and they hike a little secret uh, among the ultra community too when people run 100 miles or run 200 miles they're not actually no. running the entire time. Right. So, um, but w- when you see somebody like that finish in 2019, we saw two, two women, you, you could try your best to not get emotional. Like I'm, I'm getting chills right now to not get emotional, to not have tears in your eyes. Like 
seeing people finish that race is a life-changing experience because you have spent a week with them out in the desert. You've seen their morning look, you know, no makeup, their hair all messy, you know, me with glasses on. And so you, you see people in their most personal selves and they, and they do amazing things. It's, it's, it's all inspiring. It's amazing experience. Yeah. You, you talked about how, um, or you mentioned at least how, if you take care of yourself, you, you can, you can do these types of things. And, and ultimately, I mean, not that I've done, um, multi-day events, although that's, that's pretty high on my list these days, like as far as, as challenges I want to do, um, probably before I dip my toes into the 50 mile and, and longer ultra situation, I want to do some multi-day races. Um, but registration for desert rats is, is still open. Now. <laughs> not, not for nothing. Just saying. Um, but, uh, again, as a, as a data point of one, but, but for you, like, how do you kind of take care of yourself at a, a desert rats type of event where, um, you know, you, you just run whatever it is, 20 miles, 30 miles, 40 miles one day. And you know that tomorrow morning you got to get up and do it again. Um, how do you kind of do the best you can to take care of yourself in that environment? Yeah. So what, what I did, um, unbeknownst to myself and I, I think what a lot of other people do is, uh, desert rats, I guess would get credited as my gateway to doing like my first hundred miler and my only hundred miler. But, um, that was the first time in running where you, where you are forced to have to make a conscious um, act and thoughts of what you're doing and how this is going to come up later in the week. Right. Like we've all heard, like, don't start a race out too quick or you're going to, bl- if you go out there running that first day, like you're trying to get a BQ, mm-hmm. you will not complete desert rats. Like that's hands down. It will not happen. Um, your foot care, uh, you know, that, that the Marine Corps that we did where it was just a freaking monsoon and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like you wouldn't, it wouldn't be apropos to do a sock change or a, a sneaker change in the midst of, of a, a monsoon because your feet are going to be wet again in five seconds, right? But when you're out in the desert and um, that stuff is incredibly important, as soon as you start feeling like a hot spot occurring, you know, you have stuff in your pack. There's a mandatory packing list of mm-hmm. things that you need to have with you, like a moleskin and, you know, squirrels, nut butter, that's not mandatory stuff, but that's all stuff that I had in my pack. But as soon as you feel the onset of that, you need to address it immediately. Because if you don't, if you start developing blisters and such day one, day two, that stuff is going to come back to bite you in the Mm -hmm. butt. And like, also just personal without getting too intimate, like just personal hygiene amongst just foot care. Um, There's no, we, they have fresh water out there, obviously for drinking, they bring ice out in coolers to help cool us down. But there's no showers. There's no mm-hmm. portable showers. We don't get to a rest stop and have the ability to take showers. We really, our first quote unquote bath is not until day three or day four when we come up, we, we're at the, 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 the place where we stay at night is along the Colorado River. Mm-hmm. And we actually go down to the Colorado and we're just bathing like elephants you know, just <laughs> in the water. We're splashing, we're playing around. But like, that's the first, that, that is the most refreshing feeling after being having run for three four days so like baby wipes um any of the lubes or or solves or whatever to you know those intimate those intimate mm-hmm. parts of ourselves you, you just really have to take care of that because if you don't it it just it, it can get out of control really quickly so right. yeah right yeah the things the things you don't think about when you quote unquote just run a marathon or even a 50k 50 mile anything like that where it's a one-off one day yeah. start to finish yeah. um yeah. 
yeah, things might start hurting. You might get some rubbing, some this and some that, and you kind of, you know, do what you can DIY it, or you got, you know, like you said, you have some things to take care of, but you know that in two hours, four hours, six hours, whatever, it's going to be over. And then you can take a couple days, let things heal, whatever, uh, that option doesn't, uh, doesn't apply. Um, what about for, for fueling? You know, you talked about at night, they're bringing in all kinds of great food and sitting around and having, having some fellowship and, and some, and breaking some bread and whatnot. Um, but, but what, what, you know, do they, do they give you food for the day or like, how did, how does it work, um, from a logistics perspective of, of, you know, getting from point A to point B on each day from a fueling perspective? They, they do an outstanding job with providing more than enough. I mean, for being out in the middle of nowhere, you know, they've got a U-Haul filled with coolers and filled with food and all that stuff. Um, breakfast, breakfast and dinner is provided for all of the runners on most days. Nutrition during the day is pretty much a self provided thing. So what I relied on heavily was, um, you know, I, I'm not band, uh, brand specific or anything like that, but you know, uh, tailwind or noon or whatever, I actually Pedialyte has little, um, pouches, you know, any of that stuff that is pouches or tablets or whatever, cause you need to conserve on how much space, space you're taking. Right. right? So you can't be taking all this pre-made bottles and meals ready to drink. And, you know, I even take out like protein shakes, you know, pre-made protein mm -hmm. shakes, but I'm keeping that stuff. I'm keeping that at like the home base. I'm not running oh, with that, Right. but you need to really narrow down the amount of space and things that you can carry. They have water refuel stations. And then also on the big, like the big expedition day is like 43 or 44 miles. That one is a crusher, man. And mm -hmm. if you can, that's on day four. And uh, pretty much if you can make it past that day, you'll, you'll finish desert rats. But people are out there for the better half of 16, 18, 20 hours. For a day like that in the morning, they have us, we can, you make like sandwiches that you can take. Most people pack one or two. I, I make like four for myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, maybe, and I hadn't thought about going down this, this route, but I guess when you just mentioned that people out there for, for 16, 18 hours, um, and, it, and then it kind of dawned on me, and especially with the time of year, I guess that we're, we're going to be releasing this would be the first part of June. Summer is, is a factor or at least going to be a factor for, for all, at least all of us in the, uh, the Northern hemisphere. If it's not already, it will be soon by the time people are listening to this. Um, obviously being out there in the, in the desert, um, in, in middle of June is when the race happens. So when people are listening to this, it's just a couple weeks away. Um, what kind of things do you, do y'all do, or do they recommend, um, as far as, as, you know, trying to beat the heat, stay as, as much as you can, of course, but like staying safe, avoiding heat illness, because, you know, whether you're doing a, a desert rats, whether you're doing a, a 10 K in your neighborhood, like heat can be an issue and it can take anybody down anytime. It's a serious, serious mm -hmm. business. Uh, mm -hmm. how do you guys try to stay safe out there from a, from a heat perspective, obviously drinking things like that, but you, you, there's just more to it than that. How does it work yeah. when you're out in the, in, in desert rats? There's a, there's a lot of things one can do. Um, things I've invested in is, um, and again, not to, not to mention any specific brand or anything, but a lot of running companies have, you know, S, um, UV, UV protection, like tops, right. Or like even like an Eddie Bauer or LL L. Bean or stuff, they, they sell stuff that they actually market towards like fishers or, mm -hmm. or hunters or stuff and super, super thin, lightweight material. But it's it's also breathable and everything like that. But you, you need to cover up, you know, in that hot desert sun or no matter where you're running. I mean, if you're out there for hours, you know, we've all been in, you know, you're in Florida, right? Mm -hmm. 
you know, you, you're out running, you're feeling great. You come back, you're, you're scorched. Right. Um, out there you can't you can't really mess around with that so like or if you don't like that they also sell like you know arm sleeves or mm-hmm. i wear calf sleeves out there not only for it's probably just psychological but i feel like they help me um to prevent like calf fatigue and leg fatigue but i like wearing that out there especially because it's, it's keeping the sun off my legs and then i can just you know we you have to lather yourself up in suntan lotion um you have to drink you know it's been said time and time again but like you know Maybe not everyone's abreast of eating a cup of ramen in the morning, but any way that you can get those fluids inside mm-hmm. you, you know, water, ramen, uh, you, you just need to, even when you're not, there was a saying in the Marine Corps that like, or whatever, uh, anytime you feel thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not that you can't come back from that. It's just like, if you're really, really quenching, you need to quench a thirst, you're, you're already dehydrated. So you need to really stay ahead of that. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it, man. Gotcha. In, in the years that you've been out there, have have anybody had any real serious heat related issues? <laughs> um, so again, I I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, and and this will be dropping right right before the Desert Rats race this year. But um, a gentleman who's coming back this year, uh, his name's Mickey. Our first year in 2018, he made it to I think it was the long day. I think it was day four. And he actually went down with like a, a heat wow. illness and uh, they were out there in the middle of the desert. They had like IV bags and stuff like that just to get fluids back inside of them. He had to get pulled. Uh, also like a caveat for this, like before this race, you have to go to your doctor, mm. get a full physical. There's a waiver. You know, they do everything the right way that they're supposed to do it. The medical team and the crew out there for desert rats. I'm not a paid sponsor. These folks are so dedicated, not only to just you finishing quote unquote finishing the race but just every step along the way just ensure they're constantly checking on you if you come into an aid station and like you look a little out of sorts or something whether you want to or not they're going to hold you there Mm -hmm. until they're going to make conversation with you they're going to tell jokes they want to know that you're with it before they release you back into the wild and they just do an outstanding there is no because it is such an intimate race like Mm -hmm. this isn't a race where there's 200 300 runners I've done it years where there's 20, 30 runners last, the last time we did it, there was only about, there was only 10 finishers, mm. but it's just such an intimate. I mean, if you're thinking, if there's even on the bucket list to do a hundred mile race or do something crazy, desperate rats is a perfect precursor because you need a solid crew. You need a solid group of people that are just practically waiting on you hand and foot. I mean, they're not paid to help you do sock changes or mm. shoe changes or whatever. They do all of those. I mean, <laughs> don't, don't quote me on that. Right. They, they just go out of their way to ensure, you know, don't Reed always says, don't be shaking your cup with the empty ice, you know, mm. like that. They're not there to wait on you. But when you're in the midst of battle, when you're in the midst of that race, they will do everything they humanly that's humanly possible mm. to keep you going, to keep you trucking. So I, I just think the crew, the staff, although they're not the ones actually putting forth the effort, although they're putting forth forth effort because they're setting up camp at zero, you know, they're setting up camp, they're breaking down camp. They're doing all of those things throughout the course of the day. It's this collective, we become this community where Mm -hmm. we're living off of each other. You do these things for me. I do these things for you. Like you're bartering. It's like you're back at recess or lunch and you're bartering (laughs) for like fruit snacks and cliff bars and that type of thing. It's just, it's a really great experience. 
Yeah, it, it, it sounds like it. I know, you know, like I said, talking to Chris a couple of years ago, uh, probably after the second running, which I guess would have been a couple of years ago because it didn't happen last year with, with COVID. Um, it was just like, man, this sounds this sounds awesome. And then hearing you talk about it, it sounds awesome. Um, for those those that are listening and like, wow, this really does sound awesome. Obviously, like you said, it's it's on Ultra Sign Up. There's websites, there's there's information about it. But, but with the documentary coming out, you can get a, an even better look, uh, kind of the, the day, cause some of the day-to-day stuff, I'm sure, depending on how all the filming goes and whatnot. But um, the, the supporting of the documentary as well, because the, uh, Chris is a good dude, but he's not, uh, he's a, he's a teacher. So, uh, let's, let's not pretend like he's floating this whole thing by himself. A little Indiegogo action. Um, how, how much of, how much of the production of the documentary are you in, involved with Phil? Or are you just kind of along for the ride? I'm in all honestness, uh, in all seriousness. Um, I, I asked for Chris's permission, you know, just to, just to get the word and get the news out there. Uh, with you because we know this will be dropping shortly before the race. I I really have nothing to do with the pre-production or anything like that. I th- the only thing I will say is there's there's a ton of running documentaries and a ton of things out there on YouTube and on the internet. Um, I think the thing that makes this really really special is Chris and Paul, two of the major guys involved with this production. They themselves have run this race. Mm. Um, Chris has a ton of experience doing his podcast and speaking to people all throughout the running community. Paul himself is is a film director, producer, and stuff like that. So they're between the two of them, they're bringing like a wealth of knowledge and experience. But like, I the reason why I I just had to go back is because these guys run the race. They know what it means to people, and ultimately they're looking to capture. We, we've spoken about this ad nauseum, you know, Chris and I can just talk about this for days, but I think to actually get some footage and get these feelings and capture those looks that people give each other out in the middle of the desert, mm-hmm. they're not there with their friends. They're not there with their family. It's going to be days until they see their family again. This is all you've got. And really what that turns out to be is within yourself. You know, mm-hmm. people discover things they didn't even know they had and it, they, they want to go out there and capture that, which I think is a really beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And and so guys, if you want to support the 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 uh, project, uh, and of course as as per usual with these types of things, there's all kinds of different levels and different um, you know, rewards and things like that or or enticements or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but we'll have the link cuz it's, you know, it's one of those gnarly indiegogo.com slash 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 number number nonsense but we'll we'll make it simple and just put the link in the show notes if you want to if you want to check it out. Um and, you know, certainly somewhere somewhere in hopefully in the next year, year and a half, something like that, it'll, it'll come to fruition. Uh, and, and, uh, we'll probably talk about it then to, to encourage you to watch it. Cause I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, although I, I'll, I'll put the, the caveat out there and Phil, you can, you can either back me up or, or tell me that I'm crazy. Um, uh, but it might be one of those where, you know, watch it your own risk, because if you watch it, you're going to be that much more likely to sign up and go do one of these, <laughs> these crazy, uh, desert yeah. rats events, uh, in the future. I'm, I'm worried that, I think I told you before the show, so I've, this is this will be my second, or I'm sorry, my third. I've completed it two times. This will be my third, and I'm worried that they're going to put together such a great documentary. It's going to inspire me to go back because I, I at three times I've told myself, you know, it, it's a it's a huge commitment, especially oh, yeah. with with young children and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, arranging them to spend the, the a week or two with the grandparents and everything, it, it it is a large undertaking. I will say, there's very few races out there that will actually like change your life. And I think, I think Chris and I embody, you know, we don't need to get, that can be for another cast, but him and I both went out there with our own personal stuff. Mm. We didn't, we didn't even expect to like, for that to come out. And, um, I really have found like 
a, a lifelong friend. You know, this is some guy that didn't exist pre-Desert Rats. And, and now, you know, we have daily texts with each other. And when it's the holidays, you know, we're sending each other cards and stuff like that. Like this is, it, it's a really, I, I don't know. There's, there's, there's so much I can say about it, but yeah, man, it's a, it's a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, certainly, uh, it, it comes across in, in your voice and your stories that this, this race is, is more than just a race for you. And, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly wishing you, uh, uh, another good, healthy year out there. Have fun with it. Um, Thank and as, you. as we're wrapping up, Phil, I got to get you, uh, on record with a philosophical question, which is kind of how I always wrap these things up. Um, nothing too crazy, but just kind of, a, <laughs> an open-ended, uh, take it as you go, which is kind of how this whole thing has been. So it's kind of feel like, kind of feel like it's been one big philosophical discussion, uh, maybe the, yeah. the, the, the entire episode, but, um, you've talked a, a few times about, um, or at least kind of in kind of, you know, flubbed, the, not flubbed the lines, but, but blurred the lines maybe about some of the things that, that running has kind of taught you about yourself and, and perseverance and, and things like that. Um, but curious, and, and maybe it relates to desert rats. Maybe it's just the running community in general, but what has, has your time in, in running, um, taught you about others, about what other people, you know, well, I'll just leave it, leave it very much open-ended. What has, has running and being part of the running community and some of the races you've done taught you about other people? <sighs> I'm I'm sorry to start out with a quote, but it will relate to what I will say. Um, something Oprah Winfrey said about the Marine Corps Marathon when when she was getting ready to train for it is, running is a great metaphor for life because you get out of it what you put into it. Mm-hmm. And um, during some of the darkest days of my life, like I felt like there was no reason to keep going, or there was no re- there was no happiness to be found. Like everything had been completely. Just just when life, just when things were really starting to get like really good, you know, mm-hmm. you, you wake up one day and you're like, damn, like I got a house, I've got a wife, I got two beautiful kids, like this is kick ass. Like as soon as it got to that point, it was all it was all stripped away. And what running means to me and what the running community means to me is like it doesn't matter what your what your pace is, where you finish in the race, the fact that we all we all have to take different paths to get to the starting line. And that in itself is a challenge. But like when you're out there and when you're giving it your best effort, like some of the most inspiring, wonderful, amazing people that I've met through running are like, they might be struggling like in life, they might actually be struggling in life. And when you see them out there and they're smiling and they're enjoying themselves, um, even if they maybe have a disability, maybe they're, a few pounds overweight, maybe they're not, they're not happy with where they're at in life, what life has handed them. When they're running, you see this genuine look of contentment and fulfillment. And I just, I I think that's something we all share. Like when somebody asks anybody why you do the things you do, I think you have a very personal reason why, or you wouldn't be doing them, you know, like, and people who are all torn up with turmoil and they're unhappy with their job or they're unhappy with their family. Like they're not addressing those things. If you're, if I'm at desert rats and I have a stone in my shoe and it's really, really bothering me, I need to sit down along the chair, the the trail, kick off my shoe and get the stone out. And I think running for many of us, like we've all got these, these stones, we've all got these things that we're carrying with us. And when you're out there running and all you have to focus on is running it can help you prioritize and can help you think your your way through whatever you're dealing with, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. And you know, that that's just what this all means to me. And that's why I'm going to keep going. 
Awesome. Awesome. As per usual, I'll try not to muddy that waters by, by speaking too much on top of it. Just remind everybody at macho underscore man underscore runneth on Instagram. Follow along. Definitely, definitely worth the follow and uh, paying attention to what he's got going on. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 950. Take you back to the show notes for today. Links for all the things, the Indiegogo races we talked about, all, all the stuff will be there, photos and, and whatnot. Dizruns.com slash 950. Phil, uh, thank you for, uh, for the time today. Uh, you know, like I think I kind of said before we even got started, like was hoping that this could have happened a couple years ago, but you know, timing works out as timing works out and I'm glad that it worked out today. Um, and, uh, certainly wish you uh, nothing but the best long-term going forward and, and have a great, great time out in Colorado and Utah running, running the desert rats and, uh, tell Chris, I said, hello. All right. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing. And I want you to realize, you know, every week when you're putting out a podcast, you are, you're seriously touching and inspiring probably tens of thousands of runners. And I, I know early on, it was guys like you and Chris that I really idolized. And the fact that I'm, I had the opportunity to speak with you today really, really means a lot to me. So just don't, don't forget what that means. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Uh, good one. Good one. Uh, covered a lot of things. Obviously, uh, talking to Phil was, was an absolute pleasure and uh, something that hopefully will happen again down the road. But for today, what was your takeaway? You know, I I always love to hear those thoughts. What, what stood out to you? Lots of things stood out to me, but the one I'm going to go with is, is maybe, I don't know if it's the most simple, um, but it's certainly one that I've taught touched on before in various places. And, and I think that it's something that I need a reminder with, uh, more often than I care to admit, which is probably why I go back to it and emails and social medias, and even on, on the podcast once in a while. And that's the idea of, of making sure to take care of yourself. And, and, you know, the, the somewhat cliche, but absolutely true statement that self-care is not selfish. Right. And I think it would be like, not that I would, could even imagine being in Phil's situation, having something happen to Bex and being all of a sudden being a single dad like that. I, I don't even want to, to entertain those thoughts, but if, if that were to happen, I like to think that I would say that I would continue to, to run and continue to do all these things that, that I enjoy and that are good for me and, and, and to be, you know, to, to be, to, to just take care of myself so that I can take care of Addison so I can take care of life and, and all the things that would be required. Um, but I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could do like, I, I don't know. And, and hopefully I'll never have to find out. Right. But, um, just, just that idea of, of remembering that, you know, going for a run or going for a walk or, or sleeping in or whatever it is, whether it's running related or, or otherwise, um, you, you, we, we all need to, to take care of ourselves. Not because, not because it's selfish, not because we're just looking out for ourselves, but because it allows us to do what we need to do, whether it's family, whether it's work, whether it's whatever, uh, other obligations, volunteer things, social things, whatever. If if we're not taking care of ourselves in in all aspects, it's it's hard to be the best version of ourselves that we can possibly be. And I feel like like again for me, um, it's it's something that I like to think that I'm always aware of and, and somewhat always you know being mindful of. But if I'm honest, there's plenty of times that I kind of let it slip and I get, you know, focused on taking care of others, doing stuff work-wise, doing stuff family-wise. Um, and, and you know, there's just, there's just times that I could do better, again, to not be selfish, but to just recognize that, that taking a few minutes for myself um, is not a bad thing, is not a bad thing. 
So when life gets crazy and it always, it's always going to be crazy. You know, there's life is always going to happen. Hopefully, uh, not too extreme, but it's always going to happen. Just remember to take care of yourself, whether that's going for a run, whether that's doing a little yoga, doing some meditation, getting on the foam roll, whatever it is. And again, it doesn't have to be just running stuff, cooking, cooking a good meal, having a glass of wine and just sitting outside on the back porch, watching the sunset, like whatever, whatever it is, self-care is not selfish. Um, because those that, those that depend on you, depend on you to, to show up. Right. And that means you got to take care of yourself along the way. So, uh, that was, that was the thing that's one of the things, one of the many things that stood out to me, but again, probably the one that I needed the reminder about the most. So that's why I, uh, I picked it as, as my takeaway for today. But what about you? Was there something else that stood out from today's episode? Something else that, that really hit home for you? Uh, let me know at Dizruns on Twitter at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course you can head over to the show notes for today. Where we've got all the links and photos and everything as promised and as per usual. Uh, but there's also that comment section down at the bottom. Dizruns.com slash nine five zero today. Dizruns.com slash nine five zero and uh, leave your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways from today's episode with Phil down there in that comment section. So with that, go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, again, hope you enjoyed this one. If you did, hit that share button, tell, tell a friend. And it, what, what do you think about the Desert Rats idea? It's something that, that, whether it's that race, there's multiple other multi-day races, definitely high on my list of things I want to do one of these days. So maybe maybe somewhere down the road, and hopefully not too far down the road, maybe we can get a little crew together and do it. Do you be interested? Let me know that as well. Um, and if you want to jump on the phone and actually talk about something that might help you, you know, if something you're struggling with, consultation calls are always available. Dizruns.com slash consultation. Get one scheduled. Any issues with that, let me know. And uh, now, without any further ado, after droning on long enough, let's pull this ship into the old harbor and uh, call it a day. Thanks for listening, y'all. Hope you enjoyed this one. And until next time, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? See you.